Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 80 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on April 7th, 2017 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the man who has taken upon himself to kill me with laughter and be just in time, Justin Sane 0516 Justin, how have the drops been for you? Justin 2, TextBot 0. Um... No, the drops have been pretty good. Uh, this week, I got my first favorite cloak in Destiny, the Shattered Vault Cloak from the Vault of Glass. One of the best. One of the best. Ah, oh, so very good. Did you put Glow? Looks on? great with Glow Hood. <laughs> yeah, it looks great with Glow Everything. Much like my other Glow-hoo. favorite one. All great cloaks look great with Glow I don't know what it is. The, the banner. Hey guys, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, Mel is out with a cold this week. She messaged me right before the the episode started, and so she she's having to. I told her to get some rest. Be sure to let her know that we miss her over on Twitter at the Wind of the Stars, and that she needs to get better. Um, but from the depths of the madness-inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only Green Eye Music Lover. Green, hope you're doing well. How was uh, your week? How's the week gone for you? It's been good. Wife is finally over being sick. I'm tired of hearing everybody getting sick. So stop getting sick, yeah, guys. No kidding. Stop it. Um, beyond that, we almost finished the raid last night during the stream. We couldn't quite get the the rotation for the oracles down, unfortunately. But we did finally beat the uh, Templar, which is great because that was <laughs> it was rough it was rough but uh yeah we did pretty good i still don't have fate bringer i've never gotten fate bringer all through never? year one i never got oh. it no i never got it and i want it i've had atheon's epilogue i've had three atheon's epilogues the bullet host have you I had a praetorian night. foil that gun doesn't exist, uh, Justin. It does, too. Praetis foil? <laughs> no, no Praetorian foil. foil. Praetorial it's foil. It's no. rifle that has like a point zero 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 one drop rate. <laughs> no. It's so true. I haven't had that guy. But if you ever do get it, it one-shots oracles. <laughs> it just... That's <laughs> cool. That's why, it, that's why it never dropped. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was amazing. What was it? Sleeper Stimulant doesn't even do one shot on Oracles. It's close. Oracles well, it doesn't I have. Always used, it doesn't I always have use a... super good advice. That's yeah. a good idea. But because super good yeah, advice, I... it'll it'll return ammos. It'll like yeah. it doesn't register as hits, so the Mulligan's always proccing. Ah. So you never yeah. you're like you usually don't have to ever reload with super good advice when you're going against Oracles. It's like. That was my Vault of Glass weapon before I got good. Before you got good? I'm just lazy, <laughs> so I just never changed. <laughs> it was like, this works. This works really well. There you go. <laughs> don't, don't fix it if it ain't broke. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, why would I be trying different things? This works really well. It does. It does. 
Yeah, I I got a what was it? Not Praetis Revenge, but I got the yeah, I got Praetis Revenge. I like Praetis Revenge. My favorite sniper ever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Her supremacy was pretty good. Yeah, the old the original. Queen's Wrath. The Queen's Wrath. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That thing was amazing. I still have it actually somewhere. I'm but. a I'm a big on purple. Yeah, I you have to purple. you have to be you have to be okay with purple with the Queen's which, Wrath. Which which is gonna be a problem for tonight. <laughs> um, there's a lot of purple tonight. A lot of purple stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, let's run through the intro and then let's start talking about the color that Justin just loves. The topic of today's chat is going to be an in-depth exploration of the lore surrounding those Guardians who truly delve into some of the more questionable aspects of the light, the Voidwalkers. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of the topic, and this is what she had to say. Those who have stared into the Void are not bound by the laws of space and time. At least according to those who call themselves Voidwalkers. Students of the Void... These warlocks do not pretend that what they do is short of absolute destruction and a litany of explosions. Titans decry their use of light, calling them vampiric and grotesque, but Ikora Ray just found this thought to be amusing. Voidwalkers siphon life energies for a variety of uses, a method other guardians might not approve of, but these are dire times and sacrifices must be made. Now, I know what you're thinking. They sound awfully dark to be considered forces of light. But like Tolan tried to explain, the void is not darkness. The darkness is what it is. Void energy is like all things of this universe. It is light seen through a prism, a fundamental force, the vacuum between the stars, the absence of everything else. Over lifetimes of battle... Voidwalkers drain the life energies of many opponents. While disputes rage in the tower over the effects that this might have, the ultimate response by the Voidwalker is this. If we stop fighting, we will all perish. The debate is pointless. The hoped-for end justifies the means. And they plan on using everything available to them to make sure that as many as possible are standing when that end comes. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we looked at the Gunslingers. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internets. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing and to help us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian One, Ghosts and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. 
Our next chat is going to be an update to the lore and a conclusion of sorts surrounding the rise and fall of the man known as Dredgen Yor. With that, let's go ahead and dive into the information and thoughts that the community had on Voidwalkers. Lorebot, let's go. Query. Grimoire. Database. Results found. Displaying on screen. Thank you, Randy. Um, let's start with the Warlock card. Warlock. We have found new ways to weaponize curiosity. Pathways into the darkness. Warriors, scholars of the light, warlocks devote themselves to understanding the traveler and his power. A warlock's mind is an arsenal of deadly secrets, balanced between godhood and madness. On the battlefield, those secrets can shatter reality itself. That's a really cool quote to start that one out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I love my curiosity weaponized. It's, well, and I also like I like the whole pathways into the darkness thing. We'll we'll touch on that a little was, bit. That was the title of the first Vidoc, wasn't it? Yes. Uh yeah, before the game even launched. And this is also again another nod to Warlocks being the warrior scholars. Um, you know, this is where we kind of get that concept from, obviously, but yeah, let's, you want to get a little bit more into the actual specifics of the subclass green. Did you want to grab the Voidwalker card for us? Sure. The Voidwalker starts with a, a quote, the Grimoire card does. And the quote is those who have stared into the void are not bound by the laws of space and time. Uh, I mentioned this in the summary at the very, very beginning. I literally pulled this quote because I love how it just basically sums up what a Void Walker does. It, they don't, they, they're not bound by it. They break the, the rules all the time, which technically all the Guardians do. But Void has kind of a special, special thing that goes along with it. The rest of the grimoire goes, The Traveler came out of the Void that surrounds all things. Thus, we know that the void is full of power. Thus, we enter the void without fear. Small minds will call your abilities blasphemous. They will compare you to the abominable wizards of the hive. Abominable. That's not... Abominable, that's a different thing. Abominable wizards of the hive. But you will not be held back. Gifted with the traveler's light, armed with the secret physics of a lost age, will tear reality asunder will fear nothing and nothing will fear you that nothing will not fear you nothing will not fear you that is like literally that is literally one of my favorite quotes from the grimoire is that but it's a double negative it is (laughs) this is why i I skipped over it in my brain also yeah also now all i can see is ear ute with abs yeah i know sorry (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) that'd be awesome no, no, six it wouldn't. Pack. Ear Ute with six-pack six abs. Pack? Just, Someone needs to make that. Make that happen. Shred it, bro. Or Omnigal. <laughs> Omnigal with abs. Uh, if anyone could make it happen, you could, Green. Oh, yeah, totally happening. What's the name of the wizard that uh, we're going to talk about next week with your? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Zyor. Zyor, yeah. the, the unwed. The unwed. The unwed. She had too many I'm going to make that happen with her. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not this. the problem. <laughs> um, just real quick, also, pins, pins in the chat brought this up, too. Uh, Pathways into Darkness is actually a game. And it is a game by, wait for it, Bungie. It was back Yay. for the Mac in 1993. It was a, it was one of their first first-person shooters, and it it's a it was a 93 game. So don't don't judge the graphics too much on it. But uh, yeah, it was it was a it was an old old old. Uh, it was actually I think a se- yeah it was a sequel to Minotaur: The Labyrinths of Crete. So nice. But yes, that was one of Bungie's earlier games for the actual the Mac OS, which was one of the few games that was actually designed for Macintosh. Which, if you also remember the fun the fun little trivia on that was that was actually what Halo was originally designed for as well. Was they, it really? Mm-hmm, the it, it, the hmm. Halo the the original Halo like the Combat Evolved uh, development story. It's really yeah, kind of it was- cool. It's really kind of cool watching like how it how it evolved into what it is what it was when they finally released it. But yeah, so that wow. was that was Pathways into Darkness is actually kind of an an a uh, breaking the fourth wall there. It's a little bit of a nod to their own history. Nice. But talking about the Voidwalker, um we all know the Liam Neesons, also known as Nova Bombs. And uh, the Grimoire card for them, and the reason we're going to run through these cards a little bit quick is because, well, quite frankly, we only have four. So, we'll finish this up real fast. Nova Bomb. You, you channel the Traveler's Light into a bolt of energy with the power of a collapsing star. The devastating Nova Bomb scours the battlefield with ethereal fire, but be careful in its use. It takes precious moments to summon, and it must be aimed precisely to avoid obstacles, <coughs> including door frames. That, that oh, last part. That, that last part was not on the card, but it should be. <laughs> it should be, and it's one of those things where, like, okay, I used to laugh at warlocks every time they did that. Yeah. Now. Now I, I was about I, to say, I totally feel your pain with the I Night Stalker. It. I hate it. I hate it, and I almost exclusively run Night Stalker. I do it it's all like, the time. I'm like, oh I got you. I got God. you. I got you. Curses. Yeah. <laughs> but unlike a warlock, I have two more shots afterwards. So. Oh, I always use black holes, so I I just blow it oh, every time. Yeah, I always have quiver, so. I always yeah. I'm always, that's I, that's how you need to roll is with quiver. <laughs> that way, just Justin and I are in agreement. That way, if you mess up with one, you, you have a you have a what even if you have a particularly chance to hit them. Yeah, even if you have a particularly squirrely little blade dancer, if you're missing him, you can Fraggle. always just shoot the ground in front of him. You can Fraggle. just shoot the ground mm-hmm. in front of him, and he'll just yeah, be, he'll be purple for a little bit. <laughs> well. We can't talk about the Voidwalker without talking about, obviously, the Void Light. And so to finish the Grimoire cards up for this one, um, that's the last card that we'll read. And it starts with a quote, and it says, It's fitting, then, that we have weaponized the unknown. Kind of tying back into the weaponizing curiosity. It says, The universe is defined by fundamental forces. Beneath the world of light and matter lies the vacuum. 
and the vast dark secrets that it contains. In the understanding of this vacuum lies the secret of void light. There we go. Done. Episode's over. Let's go on. Great great job, guys. All right. All right. So let's go talking. Let's go back to talking about Hyperloop Train. Um, No. So, yeah, like like, just just like with the other subclass episodes, you know, obviously the grimoire is a little bit light. But well, it's, it's just a, a little bit, but that's where kind of the, I guess, the other lore items, I would call them, kind of step in and kind of help us flesh out uh, what it is that we know about the Voidwalkers as far as some of their personalities. Um, you know, we we have a couple known figures who we know were Voidwalkers. We have a couple who we think were Voidwalkers. Um, and then I also have a few notes that we'll get to later uh, about the inspirations, you know, similar to the gunslinger inspirations. I I dug into some of the community showings and um, some of the GDC talks about uh, about their their presentation of the Voidwalker. Um, but we'll get to those here in a second. Do you guys, uh, you guys want to touch on the exotic armor that's specific to Void Walkers? No, yeah, kind of similar to the Gunslinger. There's not a lot in there, but some cool quotes. Mm-hmm. That's about it. <laughs> um, so I've got the Nothing Manacles up, and uh, it's got a cool, um, very Books of Sorrowy flavor text that reads: "The equations balance thus." You are diminished, and I am exalted. You are broken, and I am made strong. Um, if you're not familiar with the Warlock class, the Nothing Manacles are Warlock gloves. Um, glove. Glove. Gauntlets. However, you, uh, yeah, that was a really good glove, Blue. Good job. Glove. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Uh, anyways so they are the nothing i literally this is the extent of my knowledge on this because <laughs> i would have four hunters if they give me another slot in chat they're like and done and <laughs> justin doesn't know anything else no um basically the, the primary perk is the scatter charge perk and it just basically makes scatter grenade Tracking. A little bit less garbage. <laughs> and a little less garbage. A little, a less, little garbage. less okay. In in the realm of warlock grenades, the scatter grenade is the redheaded stepchild. I'm sorry, but when you've got a fusion grenade that that can track you and go to your location like three four three guilty spark <laughs> or Liam Neeson. When you've got the index, or yeah, and you've got Liam Neeson, who has a particular set of skills that he will use to find you and then kill you, I think the scatter grenade need a little boost. <laughs> so um, did Bungie. So, so did Bungie. <laughs> so they gave us an exotic. Uh, yeah. And this mm-hmm. one, you know, we kind of talked about. We obviously have talked about these with the exotic armor episode. Um, so, and in the mind map, we have all the notes that we had from the exotic, the exotic armor episode. We've, we've kind of transferred them over here as well. 
So yeah, I'm trying. I'm scrolling through here really quick. The nothing manacles is basically the law of conservation of mass, which is nothing comes from nothing. So nothing can be made from nothing once we see that. So, um, and it's the, I mean it's the conservation of mass. It's it's you know kind yeah of yeah thing. yeah thermodynamics yeah. being what they are. Um, and that kind of goes in line with the warlocks being warrior scholars that they would weaponize the very conservation of mass law, the equation balance. Uh, and Green, I know you wanted to take Obsidian Mind. Yeah, speaking of like conservation, of just continuing this cycle <laughs> to go over and over and over and over, the most broken, <laughs> broken exotic that they get. I'm not bitter. I promise. I'm not bitter. Okay, because it yeah. sounds like you're bitter. <laughs> No. Obsidian Mind. The line, it's just a very, very short little line. It's power from ash. From the ash. Power from the ash. That's all it is. These, this, this, this helmet. This helmet allows warlocks to loop whatever they kill. They get power back. They reduce the cooldown of your next Nova Bomb. So, you have Nova Bomb, you kill somebody, it reduces the cooldown. Broken. Heaven forbid they're they're also carrying bad juju. And then it's just, Nova Bomb, Nova Bomb, Nova Bomb, Nova Bomb. Hey, Uh what are you doing? What are you doing over there? Okay, Nova Bomb. Not to mention like that in Mayhem. It's stupid. Their cooldown's faster than their grenade cooldown. Yeah. Ah, Unless you're so like dumb. me and have tier five discipline. Um <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Don't um, like it. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm trying to find it. Cause this reminds me there was a there was a connection that I had forgotten to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> from the rite of cleansing, I think it was. For Dredgen Vale. Because if you remember, and I'm trying to remember which step it is, because I wasn't planning on talking about this until next week, where it began. That's the one it was. Uh, Let me make sure that... But talking about the ash made me think about this. Here we go. Yeah, so where it began, and I'm going to definitely talk about this next next week because obviously it has to do with thorn but it says the sickness is seated claim the ashen bone of the unwed from their resting place bind them to your cannons that the disease may take hold your and your jagged thorns be set so when you when you're talking about power from the ash to me that that was like the first thing that you know you were talking when you were saying that i was like that is resonating quite hard for me with the whole process of creating a weapon of sorrow. Well, yeah, it's just you're using the ashes of your enemies. You're using the bits of your enemies to power up your next section. You're powering right. up the next area. So, yeah, it, it does have that feeling for sure. Which, to me, it's, kind of it's interesting. Your story. Yeah. Also, one thing not to overlook here is obsidian is yeah. literally power from the ash. It's it's volcanic, volcanic rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's 
volcanic uh it's basically when lava cools rapidly and there's no crystallization so you have this very hard mass of obsidian rock and it's it's uh i i'm going way off the reservation here i, I think some cultures used it for like arrowheads and stuff yes and certain uh, there's daggers there's- and weapons and because it's it was very sharp. I was about to say, because it's so yeah. sharp, the only problem with it is that like it it's it's razor sharp. Like it is extremely mm-hmm. sharp. Uh and it's pretty strong. The problem with obsidian is that it flakes. So yeah, like, as far as arrowheads, it's really good. Um, but for a blade, uh, as long as you're doing precision cutting, like slowly, it's really it's really good for it. But if it's like a, a, a war blade or something like that, you usually had to replace them pretty often. Like yeah, spears. And I was stuff thinking like that. that like a ceremonial sacrificial mm-hmm. yes, knives yes. are usually obsidian. But. Right, and we talk they again. They used them as mirrors too, didn't they? Uh, I think they, like they would might polish have. them and use them as a reflective surface. I'm not sure. I've yeah. Then you know, now that you say that, I'm trying to think. I think I've heard of obsidian mirrors, but I don't know if they were. I don't because I know. Well, like his historically, uh, what what was usually used as a mirror was a sheet of silver with glass laid over it. Um, mm-hmm. Or a sheet of metal, you know, you, you it was usually silver simply because silver didn't rust, um, which you know kind of kind of connects to the Voidwalker because we we kind of refer to the Voidwalkers as being vampiric. Um, so I'm going to use that as a connection point for this this little tangent because that's where you get the the myth of uh, vampires not appearing in the mirror. Um, mm-hmm. is actually because in the his in the history of our our culture um we view silver as a pure metal uh and we kind of talked about this a little bit uh when we, well when we were talking about the silvered ahamkara grass or the silver yeah the uh, yeah silver silencing silver, right silver is viewed in al- alchemy as a very pure element. Um, and that's actually backed up scientifically. Silver is an amazingly difficult metal for disease and for impurities to stick to, which is why a lot of very high end surgical tools often are made out of, or often were made out of silver. Um, because simply fact, the simple fact is they didn't have to worry so much about it getting infected. Um, and so what what that translates into is that in in the in the times that this was often very very prevalent it was very it was viewed as vampirism was obviously a very impure and it was almost a damnation of a person's person personhood and so mm-hmm. what that translates into is that a metal which is by definition one of the purest metals around would logically not be able to show a the the polar opposite, right? Like it couldn't even contain its its image because it was so pure that it wouldn't show the image. And so then that's why you usually and it de- it depends on the culture. Uh, some cultures say that they don't have any appearance in the mirrors. 
other cultures, uh, you'll see this in some modern mythology has kind of started taking this back up. Uh, the strain from Del Toro and um, oh Chuck, uh, I can't. I always forget his last name. But the the series, the strain, is actually using this aspect of the mythology. Uh, some cultures actually saw the uh, the vampiric figure as shivering in the silver image uh, that was, or the silver reflection, um, because the silver was trying to rid itself of the impurities. But it it was you know it was reflective surface, so it was reflecting what was in front of it. But it was trying to get rid of the impurity. Um. So you get you get a lot of different like cultural uh, uh, interpretations of how the silver process would would reflect this supernatural impurity, but that's where you the the modern myth of the vampire not appearing in the mirrors that's actually where it historically comes from. Is that the reason that is is because when you made a mirror, you would lay a piece of metal out, and then you would actually lay a sheet of of glass or some other clear substance on top. Usually it was glass. Uh, sometimes it wasn't, sometimes they didn't have any glass, but, um, you, you would do that. And then that would be what would actually be reflecting. And if you think about it, you know, if you get a perfectly flat piece of metal, it's going to reflect pretty well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where the, uh, the whole, the whole mythology is from. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, so we want to move on. You want to talk about to... the skulls? Oh, yes. more Ahamkara. Who wants to? Who wants to dive into the Ahamkara? Justin does. I do. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Do we need to even ask? Uh, so, no, I just a setup. Setup, Blue. The, the, yeah, she sets them up. I knock them down. Get with it. Um, totally. So. The, the warlocks don't get just any ahamkara, they, and not just any bone of an ahamkara. They get the skull of a dire ahamkara. Um, the flavor text reads, reality is the finest flesh, O bear of mine, and are you not hungry? Oh, nom, this nom, is... Nom. Yeah, this is the uh, one of the flavor texts that a lot of people will point to as being the the big connecting point between some of the syntax in the Ahamkara pieces and in the Books of Sorrow as it relates to the the Worm Gods. But we won't get into that too far. Um, the Skull of Dire Ahamkara is a is a Voidwalker exotic that um, makes you take reduced damage while using Nova Bomb and also gives you improved energy drain abilities, which that perk always kind of was weird to me because you using your Nova Bomb is not a very long process. No, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, uh, oh, what is it? The the Striker Titan has the same kind of concept. Oh, you're uh, uh, Eternal Warrior. Well, yeah, the but Easter the, Island head, the Easter Island head. Uh, no, but the what is it? Uh, head? No, it's not headstrong. Headstrong. Is it headstrong? Uh, headstrong makes you jump farther. Um, unstoppable. Unstoppable is that's the one. It's it's the perk that basically does the same thing for during the the pa- fist of panic. Um, it makes the damage that they take you can't kill them as easily, which is really annoying, or at all. Yeah, basically. Um, 
<laughs> uh, yeah. So I just basically, love, I love the name of the exotic perk. The delusions of grandeur. <laughs> That's pretty much all warlocks, right? <laughs> right. It's kind of, but in this case, it's not delusional. You actually do take reduced damage. <laughs> They just think they take less damage. They're just taking it to the head. <laughs> it's psychosomatic. Nah, yeah, there you go. I don't know. Just salty tonight. Oh, come on. Um, so, I don't know that this points to any gigantic tie-in between Dhamkara and the Void, other than that the Void, I think, underlies everything we do. And is is probably at the heart of most of our paracausal um, abilities, and even even if they are of a different element, I think the the void is probably the base of it. And I know Blue probably disagrees with that, but it's kind of my thought. No, I, I mean the I don't know the the yeah. See, um, well, well, think about it. Think about it. The the warlocks stare stare into the void. They they study the void. They, I mean, they're so big on the void. (laughs) So, what? Why are they doing this? Why aren't they staring into the ark? Because there's no understanding really to be had about the the fundamental forces uh, of. Of nature, uh, or of you know, of the world that they live in, they they're wanting to to break things down to the fabric and the substrate of being, and I think it's very telling that the the kind of the element of choice there is the void. Um. So I think well, you know just in and of that. Um, I would argue that the void is since the void is something that we in the natural world or the real world don't really know a whole lot about in general. Like we don't have very good ways to actually explore the void that it is a mysterious thing. We can, we can watch lightning. We can watch a lightning storm. We can see all of that stuff, but a, a void it's hard to, it's hard to do that scientifically. I mean, yeah. there's very, very few experiments where you can do that. Really hard to see what's fire. not there. Well, you can, they can trace it. They can't see it. But you can trace what's going on in the void. And actually, the whole portal, the portal episode we just did, uh, the science behind how they can get into that, if they talk about in the video that I have enjoyed watching over and over and having my brain blown up a little bit at a time. They talk about an experiment where there's two sheets of metal that are so close together that the only thing that can pop into existence between the two sheets of metal is just this very, 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 very tiny thing. I can't even remember what they called it exactly. And these, this little pop into existence immediately disintegrates out of existence because there is an antimatter. There's a matter and an antimatter, and it just as soon as it, the matter's there, it goes away just immediately. Mm-hmm. There's, that's that's what we can see scientifically. 
that's what we know of the void, that things pop in and out just randomly through um, quantum physics. It's, Beyond that, there's not yeah. much. Cancellation and annihilation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. I, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I know this gives blue fits. Go I, ahead, well, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I get it. Um, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I, I do. I would hesitate saying that void. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me refer back to your comment about the void being like the, the basis of light knowledge. Right. Um, there's, there's actually a, a piece of armor that I think I use a lot to kind of understand stuff. And that's the Nerigil servant or Nerigil savant three. Uh, it's actually the chest for the warlock. Um, and this is a, um, it's a, it's an interesting quote. It says into the void, the spark from the spark, the fire after the fire, the void. So what it's kind of talking about there is the cycle of basically the cycle of light, right? It's so we have the void, which is where um, if you look at the different if you look at the different cards for the different forms of light, uh, you'll notice first off that the first sentence on all of them are all the same. The universe is defined by mm-hmm. fundamental forces. Then if we start, so let's start with Nergil's little cycle here. We start with the void. The universe is defined by these fundamental forces. So beneath the world of light and matter lies the vacuum and the vast dark secrets that it contains. In the understanding of this vacuum lies the secret of void light. So we're looking at the vacuum, right? Void walkers are, I mean, just look at the name, void walkers. These are people, these are, these are individuals who are walking through this void. Um, and then we're going to look at the, the arc, Okay, so from front into the void, the spark, from the spark, the fire. So now we're looking at arc, and that's the complex matter is bound together by deep forces, and in the study of this binding lies the secret of arc. So the reason I say that, or the reason I'm pointing this out, is that it's not that they're, they're thinking that void has a deeper understanding, it's that it's a different flavor of understanding. The void is the vacuum. The void is the the vacuum and the, the the annihilation the death of this well let me back up so we have the law of conservation of energy right um we know in let me make sure i'm saying this right purifier which is a quest uh eris mentions that all all light energy goes into the void to die um that is slightly true but it's not at the same time because the law of the conservation of energy means that energy can't die. It just gets redistributed into something else, right? So if you mm-hmm. look at light as a form of energy, as a form of supernatural or spiritual energy, which we'll get into a little bit here in a bit with the void walkers and the energy siphon. But if you look at light as a form of energy, this cycle makes a lot of sense because a void walker is looking at the trans the transitioning phase of energy. They're not looking at the transference of energy and arc. They're not looking at the binding energy of solar. Um, because solar, sorry, solar's card says energy is carried by quanta tiny messengers of change. In the understanding of these messengers lie the secret of solar. Okay, so arc, arc is the binding. 
Solar is the messages, the the change, the transformation of. Void is the breaking down and the transformation completely of energy in a vacuum. And so a void walker is looking at when they when they look in the void, when they walk through the void, you know, they are they are studying the way that a energy can be transformed from a from a solar to void, from arc to solar, from void to arc. There's there's an understanding that this transformation which adheres to the law of the conservation of energy takes place predominantly within void, within the void. And so void light is the understanding of that transformation. You see that with with abilities such as the energy siphon, which is when which is where you get the concept of void walkers as being kind of vampiric. Because what they're doing is they're literally stealing, they're stealing their enemy's light and augmenting their own with it. Right? They're they're taking, mm-hmm. and if you understand light as a a um a spiritual energy of sorts, because we know that everything in the universe, it's kind of like the force, you know, it's from Star Wars. Everything kind of has a spark of light. We actually learned that from Thorn Thorn uh what is it? Thorn two? No. Is it Thorn? Is that the one that he kills the Thorn 2, Ghost Fragment Thorn 2, when he kills the three bandits, um, we kind of hear that he ta- he's talking about how, oh, you don't have much, but everyone has a spark, and a spark is all I need to, to sate this, this hunger. Um, so if you look at that and you, you say, okay, well, if everything has a spark of light, that kind of makes sense. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of talked about this with one of my own theories. My personal theories is kind of how the, the metaphysics of the, the game universe kind of work. It's 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 akin to a a spirit. It's akin to a spirit, not a soul, which is a completely different. I, I can go Concept. on for it. Yeah, it it's very Aristotelian in the breakout here. A spiritual energy is an animating energy. It's not a conscious energy, uh, and so light would be an animating energy. And that's where you get. That's where if you look at it in that way, not only does the Voidwalker become a a more vampiric figure, but also the hive. The hive actually are very vampiric if you look at the way that they use light and they eat light. Yes. Um, and that's why I think I would argue that's why the hive get associated with void light a lot. Um, because I think that's kind of a an inspiration there. But going back to the void walker, the energy siphon is very akin to what you see in a lot of the Eastern mythology of vampires, which these vampires do not actually drink blood. Um, and I mean, okay, I'll get back. I'll get. I'll come back to that in just a second. But um, vampire vampirism in the East, which is you know uh, the Far East, which is Japan, China, that area, they actually siphon and they feast off of chi or the soul of their victims. They actually don't, they don't imbibe blood. They, they actually siphon the spiritual energy of the person, the literal life force coming back. Justin, I know you have something real quick, but we're going to finish this up coming back to the Western mythology of vampirism. You see that as well, but the understanding of the, um, the understanding of the, basically the, 
the housing of the life force is different in the Western culture. Uh, Western cultures have a emphasis on the blood. Uh, you see this, especially within the Dracula mythology. When you look at the figure of, I just blanked on his name, which is really bad. The crazy guy. This starts with an R. The original Dracula. Yeah. Rasputin. No, not Rasputin. (laughs) He's also crazy, but wrong story. Yeah, wrong story. Oh my gosh, I just completely blanked. Anyways, there's there's an entire parallel with uh, Dracula was a very big social commentary. Uh, Just for anyone who isn't aware of that, it's a huge social commentary. Um, And there is a very big. I think it was Renault. Renault? No. Renard. Oh, that's gonna bug me. Anyways, the the man who is in an insane asylum thinks he's a human that's been enthralled to Dracula, who is the, van, the obviously the main vampire. Uh, well, that's and he, Igor. No, that's not. No. no. Go away. Oh, go not away. Igor. Um, go away. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, anyways, he, he has this entire, like, it's not a tantrum, but it's an entire, like, thing. But, um... He, he goes on and on about how the blood is life. The blood is life. And this is obviously within the social commentary of Dracula. His name's Swiss. Renfield. Renfield. Thank you. Renfieldism is actually a disease, it, it, which is a psychological disease. that's very fascinating. But Renfield actually goes off on a tangent about how uh, the blood is life. The blood contains life. The blood, blood. And he just, I mean, it's like an entire chapter of Renfield just going crazy about this whole thing. And that's where a lot of the Western mythology of vampirism, that's where they kind of get this concept of the vampire as sucking blood is because it's not actually that it's blood. It's that that is the life force of the individual in the Western culture. Whereas in the Eastern, whereas in the Eastern culture, they understand it to be a, um, a spiritual element in the Western culture. It's usually viewed as a more materialistical, um, blood it's a fluid uh it's more it's a it, it, it's based off the greek understanding of the balancing of the humors um which i can go into that for ages but i know justin you wanted to throw something in yeah just to kind of circle back to the nergal savant um do you kind of view this progression in the flavor text i kind of read it like a cyclical statement yes Yes, oh, like and that's the, that's kind of what I was. The void is the void is the beginning and the end here. I think that's important. Hey, Justin. Yeah. It's the circle. No, don't, don't, don't thank don't, you. Don't encourage him. You directly <laughs> disobeyed him. We already had the Lion King episode, Green. We can't go back. <laughs> But I mean, the, I, I would argue, though, that the void isn't necessarily the beginning or the end. It's just another step within the cycle of the conservation. Because, I mean, by that logic, you could say the arc is the beginning and the end, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can not pick in the hierarchy, not in the hierarchy of that statement, though. Well, but it's, if I started at the second statement, it still works from the spark, the fire after the fire, the void into the void, the spark. Yeah, but that's not. So to say that the void is where everything comes from because everything comes from nothing. I mean, is that where we're going to? I know. Well, I mean, yeah, the void that, is, yeah, and yeah. Think goes about back. life in the universe. <laughs> oh my god! It came from nothing. The nothing manacles. 
And I think that's what we're, <laughs> we'll eventually return to. But um, no, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I it's just for me the 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 idea. That's my biggest thing with the with the saying that void is above the other lights. No, no, I'm not saying above. No, not above. I'm actually not saying above. I'm saying below. I'm saying to underlier. Yeah, but importance-wise, it's, it's on the same foot as all the others. No, nah, I, I don't think you could you could rank them in importance. Okay, okay. I then then I don't then I don't have a problem. I think the fascination with the void that the void walker has, though, is in that is in that trans transformative power that it holds. Yeah, the because it seems of- to it seems to be yeah yeah. The, what what I'm trying to say is the the um interest in the transformative powers of the void is mainly because it seems to be what makes up the fag the the fabric of reality uh, uh yeah I okay mean, i see where you're okay yeah i i can see that um i was i was thinking because they they because they're warlocks they weaponize their curiosity right Mm-hmm. Um, if we're looking at the specifics of the void walker, they're curious about the void. So they're obviously going to weaponize their curiosity, which is the void. And the void is about transformative power, which is where you get that energy siphon. You know, I keep coming back to that. That energy siphon, I think, is a very important aspect of void walkers because uh, we also know that, you know, Green kind of mentioned the the kind of chuckle that Ikora has when Titans get all touchy about void walkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember, trying to remember which, what the quote is about the, about the dawn, uh, ward, the word of dawn. They're like, where yeah, do you think it, it goes? <laughs> it's about the, uh, disintegrative shield. Yeah. yeah they're like, what, what do you think happened? <laughs> well, we don't, we don't think about that. It's like I, the thing, <laughs> but the thing that I love about it and hate about it at the same time is you think about the Void Walker class and the Titan Defender class, both of them function much the same way. They're disintegrators of some sort. Um, the Titans do it with their shield and their melees. It's a disintegration. It's the use of the Void nihilite, um, being in a nihilistic setting. The Hunters can do that, but theirs is more like binding, which mm-hmm. seems counterintuitive, and it's always kind of bugged me a little bit. Not, it doesn't necessarily follow the ideas as well. I mean, yes, you have like quiver where you can just bow everybody over and over and over and use it like a golden gun, but less accurate. It just, it, it bugs me. Well, see, I guess the bit. way I always looked at it is if you look, if you look at the void, right, it's the vacuum. Um, so the, um, you know, there's there's a there's an item from that we get a quote from Lord Shax. <clears throat> it's called Void Ma- Void Master. Sorry, and he says a Titan uses Void to shield, a Hunter uses it to hide, and a Warlock uses it to take. All valid techniques. Um, and so yes, and the the other thing that the the Hunters use is the the smoke bombs, right? You know, space biscuits. What is it? What is it, Justin? Space biscuits. Is that what space biscuits? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying. To, I've, I you you have you have ruined so many different terminologies for me. It's okay. 
<laughs> okay. You're not alone. I think there's a support group for that. <laughs> <laughs> the Justin, Justin anonymous survivors of Justin playing. <laughs> but anyways, um, the ty- the, so like, the the aspect of the void that I see the hunters tapping into with the Night Stalker is the vacuum, the binding. You know, like if you think of a vacuum, if you think of like a black hole, it's kind of like mm-hmm. it sticks them together. Um, and then it also the dark secrets, the darkness, um, because it's beneath the world of light that hides uh, the warlock takes, which is that transformative power, the Titan shields, which I think the Titans one is the one that's kind of like, I don't really see that being too connected to the void. Like just my, just from what I'm looking at right now, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, let's, you want to take the Ram? <laughs> you want to you wanna break us off this tangent? Okay. Ready for the ram? Praise me. Praising. No, praise. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Praise with a P, with a P in front of it. Oh, the ram. Although crazy would be awesome, but yeah. The ram, it's literally dot, 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 praise me, like all caps yell it at you, dot, dot, dot. It's like, okay, okay. Well, you Not know sure what? Not sure we're going with that one. To well, which I respond, um, no. <laughs> I always connected um, it. You have with, something on your head. I always connected yeah. it with. Well, there are two things. Uh, there's the connection to the 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 numb astrological cycle and Osiris, um, and then there's mm-hmm. also the praise the sun connection. Mm-hmm. Praise the sun. Uh, so like the, and we kind of, again, we kind of talked about this with the exotic armor, but the, the numb astrological cycle or the, the numb, I think it's numb, uh, is basically when Amun Ray, the ram horned God returns after a hundred years of life, uh, his life ends as a Phoenix rising, burning with conflagration. Uh, and so strength, uh, the, the ram gives you increased armor and all void walker melees trigger life steal on uh on striking and that's called strength of the ram the never ending vampiric battle mm-hmm. begins again i mean and and again life steal being the yeah this is the most annoying helmet ever <laughs> i just really want it to be i want it i i would love for them to have like a shoulder charge like animation with it where they actually hit you with it. I think <laughs> that would be funny. Just go ram. <laughs> ram. Headbutt. And headbutt. <laughs> um, you can't so. take shoulder charge away from Titan. <laughs> oh no, no, I know, but well Fellwinter did. But that's true. Justin, you want to grab the Void Fangs? Of course I do. The Void Fang vestments. Um, you will dream of teeth and nothing else. This was scratched behind a buckle. So, another reference to the Amkara. Presumably, it has the primary perk of spawning with a full grenade, because why not? And uh, Axion Bolt gains an additional seeker which is the original Liam Neeson the Axion Bolt grenade that 
sends out, you know, a very intelligent grenade <laughs> that follows you <laughs> to all I've corners actually, of the map. <laughs> yeah, I've actually had an Axion bolt follow me to work and then wait for me to get off and just be in the parking lot when I got off and just be like, you going to do this, bro? I'm like, no, not now. Yeah, no. Go home. Really annoying. Go home, grenade. You're drunk. Go home, grenade. Yes, you are drunk. Um, any ideas on how that works? The the like the the slippery irrealities of the light that are involved with that freaking grenade. That one bothers <laughs> the hell out of me. The hungering. That void. one is actually super easy. That one's super easy to do as far as that grenade goes. Do it. Um, physics wise, it's the idea of antimatter. Antimatter seeks out matter to destroy itself. It wants to become null. It wants to annihilate. Okay, I'm a proton. So it's it, an anti-proton. Exactly. So it's seeking okay. you out via that way. Okay, that yeah, makes it's, sense. It's basically it's basically locking the the need of that antimatter to your specific matter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's maybe, key. Maybe it's key in. Day. You're vibrating at the wrong frequency, Justin. That's all. Yeah. Maybe one day someone will tell me the difference between an antiproton and an electron. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 hold your breath on it. Don't. Uh, oh. And again, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to give credit to Green Eyed on this one. I now can only refer to this this set of armor as the Vlad Fang. I, I love that. I'm, I feel like I need to go create a Voidwalker now so that I can wear Vlad Fang armor. Yes. It won't happen. And then you will Don't. impale people. Yeah, it won't happen. Don't worry. Um, all right. So that's that's the armor. The, well, that's the exotic armor. Uh, there is mm-hmm. There are tons of items that have to do with the Void and Voidwalker. We kind of pulled in a couple of those. Um, we do know from the sword quest, we did learn, and I forgot to mention this with the gunslinger, but I will probably mention it again when we get to a, another solar class. But we did learn with the sword quest from the essential elements part of that, that relic crystals are conductive of void. Uh, relic crystals are a a form within the relic iron. So when you're running that sword quest and you're moaning and groaning about having to pick up all that relic iron, the reason why is because there is a specific element within that relic iron called a relic crystal, which is what that little extra thing, you know, depending on your luck that sometimes pops up. That is an actual crystal that is used to conduct void light. Uh, So each one of those, processes depending on which sword you chose if it was what is that dark drinker um right dark drinker you are correct okay um that's the only one i know because that's the one i got because it looks really cool completely i got raise lighter raise lighter is the first no no i didn't get raise lighter i got bolt caster sorry is that the frisbee one yeah. Okay. Lightning Frisbee. Lightning Frisbee. Okay. Uh, that one, you know, and so each one of these things, those elements that you're actually picking up, the reason why you're picking up those elements is Shax is actually going to make the blade out of those elements. And the reason that he is specifically picking those elements is because that particular element is very conductive of this particular flavor of light. So relic crystals 
is from relic iron and that is the most conductive for void light uh let me see we talked about the void master which kind of points out the different uses of void light and how all of them are ultimately still legit strategies uh the 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 concept of the vampiric nature you can see within there is a a i think it's a bounty maybe it's called create orbs of light and it's actually the fifth iteration oh yeah this is the red versus blue quote um when you wield the void you wield a key when the void touches life, it unlocks the light within, sometimes with terrible results. I cannot read that without hearing Caboose. <laughs> I love Caboose. No, I mean, but seriously, can you, can you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a key. Mm-hmm. The sword is a key. It unlocks people's death. Like, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah. And again, that kind of goes back to green, what you were talking about with the antimatter. It, it seeks out. It seeks out light and it it pulls it out of things. And if you understand light to be a spiritual life force, that can be problematic um, for the person who's getting building or for it's getting pulled from. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. There is the purifier, which we talked about as the death of all energy, uh, but it's not at the same time. Uh, There's... We can talk. Just making sure that I got all the specific. Oh, there's one more that I wanted to do. There's another item or another bounty called Queen's Quest. Or Queen's. Yeah, let me make sure I spell this correctly. Queen's Quest. And this one is a bounty, if I can... Or Queen's Curse. Gosh, man. I am... That would be why I can't... My links aren't working is because the thing's wrong. Anyways, Queen's Curse is a bounty that is given to you from Varix. And he says, oh, yes. Guardian... It's a, no, he doesn't say that. He says, Guardians control the Void. Yes. Ever consider whether the Void controls you? So it goes back to that question from Nietzsche about the 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 abyss you know you stare into the abyss the abyss stares back into you be careful when you hunt monsters that you don't become a monster yourself um that's a very 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 important with the void because if you think about a void it's the dark abyss it's the depthless abyss um that's a very prevalent connection that a lot of people have made there um, and that's kind of my, my major items, quote items. There's basically bounties. I don't know. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about the figures of note that we know of? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, top of the list is probably Toland. <laughs> yeah, let's just get him out of the way. Let's just get him out of the way. Crazy warlock. Murders his whole team. Uh, he, uh, okay. Then brags about it in the Hive <laughs> Netherverse. He, he complete heal. He, he doesn't murder him, them per No, se. no, he yeah, because that would mean that he death. did it himself. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's, he just leads them to their death. 
And it was a crime knows, of omission. They could have. It was a crime of omission. Made it on. Yeah, it's the worst crime of negligence. Worst That's rage Sherpa ever. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm gonna go see what the sound is. Hey, hey, look, yeah. it's a bridge. But how do you work the bridge? Oh, I, I don't know, guys. Why don't you try to figure it out? Maybe I'm going to go look at this corner. <laughs> stand mm-hmm. on it. No, don't worry about that totem. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, so, yes, Toland. It, well, in Toland, I will I will make the point that Toland is a... We don't have 100% confirmation that Toland is a Voidwalker. But we're like 90%, 95% sure that he was. There's no way. I, I don't see him as not being a Void Walker, but I do want to. I do want to make the point that technically we don't have like a hunt. No, I think not we do. Confirmed. Do we? Because complete we? the complete the path. Hang on, let me make sure that I don't that I'm not forgetting something. Tolan gives yeah. such a bad rap, and. It, no, I would, I would say I would move Tolan. I'm going to move Tolan to a confirm because uh, complete the path Thank six. You. Shush. Complete the path six has a quote <laughs> from his journal that says the void is not the darkness. The darkness is what it is. Void energy mm-hmm. is like all things of this universe. It is light seen through prism. Blah blah blah. Fundamental force, the vacuum between the stars, the absence of everything else. Just try explaining that to right. someone who has never walked the void. So yes, we will move Toland. Yeah, I don't even care. You didn't buy that. There would make no sense for him not to be. So, <laughs> well, I mean, he's not necessarily the resurrecting type. <laughs> no. we didn't. I mean, I like how you did that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, after Tolan, we can do the other. Like, we're going to go back into theorized a little bit first before we go into confirmed. Mm-hmm. I know Tolan, we just confirmed or like moved into confirmed, but Pujari is another one. That is kind of a theorized void walker. Uh, do we have that card tied to her in the map? The one why we think Pujari is? I uh, I don't. Hang on, let me see if I have um, it noted. I do not. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Okay. Jari. I was going to say the while you look for that one, the one, the other one that technically we have as a theorized is Ulantan. Um, this is, of course, assuming that Ulantan is a guardian. Which I'm sorry, I still go back and forth on this whole thing on his exact status. Yeah. But and I know we've had this conversation quite a bit. I'm with the non-guardian on that. I, I really, I really am. I'm not going to. I will be honest. I won't be surprised if he turns out to be a, a non-guardian if we ever find out. Um, but technically, there is a a comment from one of the talk to Ikora's qu- uh, quest steps <clears throat> that is Ulantan's theory. Um. And it's it it's not like super super complex. Ulantan basically says, therefore, if light connects across space and time, what is the void? What role does the vacuum, the absence play? What stops the darkness from entering into the places between the stars? The answer is simple. The void is just another type of light. So, I mean, but 
I mean, again, here is my problem is that could come from a scientist who's not a guardian, right? It it doesn't, there is nowhere in there that it actually says that, oh, well, when you, you know, like when I'm going to talk about Albios here in a second, you know, there's, there's no, there's no implications or implying that he's actually manipulating the light. It's just an observation of the light as a theoretical presentation. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, jumping, jumping into the, uh, green, did you, I could not find it immediately off of Ishtar. So that's something we'll have to go back and kind of pull. I'll make a note that we'll go back and add that in. That's a first. Yeah, Yeah, I know. We usually are pretty I just searched through all the items and stuff too. But, um, let's jump into the known figures real quick. Uh, we already talked, we already moved Toland over there. And the first one, so this is just alphabetical here, we'll, we'll talk about Albios. Albios is a figure that uh, we actually don't know a lot about. Um, we know that he is no longer among the living uh, simply because of the, uh, is it Samsara? I want to say, I think it's Samsara armor. Mm-hmm. I think so. No, that's Almer. Never mind. Um, anyways, there's there's an, an ar- there's a set of armor that is uh, rare. It's not a very uh, powerful set of armor that talks about the lives of Albios. Uh, you find out that Albios uh, went to Venus and died in a swamp there. Um, but the reason why I would say that Albios is a void walker is first off, we know that he's a warlock. Um, so we, we, that, that part is already resolved. If you look at, um, if you look at the quote from talk to Ikora, it's the 12th iteration. I have it linked in the mind map. Uh, there's a quote from Albios that says, when you enter the void for the last time, make it count. So obviously he's speaking of the guardian's death of walking into the void for the last time, but you know, Again, with the concept of the name meaning literally walking in the void. There's actually a warlock bond called the Five Lives of Albios. Yes, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's in conjunction with with the um, the armor. Mm-hmm. And I man, it's bugging me that I cannot remember. Salison Finn. That's what it is. Because there's the lantern bond, um, and then there's the five lies of Albio, Alvios, and then Salison Finn is uh, the five lives. Of, there's quotes from the five lives of Albios, which seems to be a a memorial story of him, and it talks about the different lives of him. It's very very. And by the time almost, he got there, it was the last one. Yeah, it's <laughs> all. It reminds me a lot of. Uh, almost like a, a Buddhist or a Zen reading. I don't know if anyone else struck you as struck you that way, but like, like Salas and Finn one is the chest piece. And he says he lived his fourth life in the swamps of Venus beneath the shade of a willow tree. And then it says, why a willow tree? Um, 
It was his only it was his only roof. The swamp had consumed everything else. Not a trace of him is left. Only the swamps of Venus remain, and it wasn't until his fifth life that the Ahamkara spoke to him. By then it was too late. So that's a super Buddhist. Right. That's what I mean. It's like when I read when I first read that, I was like, uh, that's really kind of you know, kind of the the whole uh Evolving. The concept of the Buddhist, right? Yeah, Getting, sitting underneath the, the tree, mm-hmm. climbing to a top of a mountain to meditate and stuff like that. I, mm-hmm. I, that's kind of where I was seeing that going. Um, so yeah, that's Albios, and I mean that's literally all we know about Albios is he died in Venus looking for Ahamkara, and he found one, but it was too late for whatever reason. We don't know why, um, but good job, GG. Um, the next known void walker is Ikora. Uh, the reason why I would argue that Ikora is a void walker is, hey, guess what position she holds in the tower of Vanguard Mentor? And she has so many quotes about them. So well, many. yeah, there's that. But I mean, like, just again, the concept of being a mentor. Is right. You kind of have to. You kind of have to know what you're teaching, especially with something like this. Um, right. I think that one's that one's pretty cut and dry. Uh, the the next one that comes up is Fellwinter, Lord Fellwinter. Um, reason why I would say Fellwinter is we actually get that from the Iron Camelot Hood. Uh, specifically calls out that. Uh, yes, sorry to go back to Ikora real quick. We're seeing this in chat. Yes, Ikora shoots lightning in the new Destiny trailer. Um. I've seen that actually a lot, and I actually did want to address that. This is not anything new. If you think about our own Guardian, we can exchange subclasses without without problem. Dabbling in different subclasses is not something that's unique to our Guardian. What is unique to our Guardian is mastering multiple subclasses. That is something that is not common. But as a Vanguard mentor... And as a student directly under Osiris, who was known to have mastered multiple subclasses, and Toland also, that's one of the reasons Toland and Osiris were so looked up to, one of the many reasons, is because they were very powerful. Um, the The fact is, is that our Guardian, that's the reason our Guardian within the Stormcaller quest makes Ikora nervous. She actually calls that out, and I can't remember the exact quote because I'm we weren't talking about Stormcaller, so I don't have that on my mind right now. But there is a there is a part in that quest where she makes a comment about how she she sees our growth and it makes her nervous. Because it's strange for one so young essentially. Yes, yeah, to 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 grow so quickly I I can't remember exactly. It's, it's very close to that. But Yes, so Ikora, all the Vanguard... So here's the thing. All the Vanguard mentors can access all the subclasses. Um, the only one which I would... I would hes- Well, actually, both. This is Zavala and the Sunbreakers. Sunbreaker, yeah. And then mm-hmm. possibly, possibly Cade and the Night Stalker. Just simply because of the way that the Night Stalker was introduced to us, it implies that, well, it implies that a bow is unique. And is um, you have to actually take and, it from another one. Yeah, and those are kind of rogue subclasses to a certain degree. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but they're not they're not tower fixtures at that point, right? And the other <clears throat> the other argument there for the situation with Cade is that I get the feeling that he sent a lot of the younger hunters to Tevis for education on night stalkers. Uh, we have actually, I think he sent I think he sent a lot of the night star a lot of the hunters to Tevis in general because we have Tevis quote explaining why a golden gun is yellow which is one of the funniest quotes ever from a very gruff old hunter. I Make swear it. you guys are getting no green. <laughs> it's, every one of, day. it's one of the best quotes that I've read. Was that he was just like, Oh my God. Like you could just hear the eye roll. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot you with the golden gun. But yeah, Ikora, I, I'm not surprised at all that Ikora can do storm call. And she, and cause when you're going through the Stormcaller quest, She's explaining to if you read the flavor text of the quest steps, she's explaining to you with pretty good detail the the mentality that one needs when you are when you are channeling the storm. She does the same thing with the Voidwalker quest and with the Sunsinger quest. Um, she also the other thing had. I would argue. What's that? Is that I said the thing that I would argue as far as the trailer goes, like why she's using that specifically. Which uh, which melee type has the farthest reach right now that, for yeah. warlocks? Well, that and it's I mean, crowd control. Because mm-hmm. if you're looking at the context of that trailer, she was in the middle of a massive crowd of Cabal. And a Voidwalker, yeah, your Nova Bomb can do a lot of damage, but not spread out to that degree. And Sunsinger, it's like, yay, you can resurrect. But that's not... I mean, crowd control is... What I was it's the lawnmower. Yeah. It's I mean, yeah, it's it's like the blade dancer with mm-hmm. um so yeah, that that would be my my counter argument to the whole Ikora is a storm color. Yeah, Ikora is a storm color. She's also the Vanguard mentor, which implies in nature that she is a sun singer and a voidwalker. She's a warlock. She has access to those sun, those subclasses. Um but so that's that's what I was going to do there. Uh, Fellwinter, going back to Fellwinter, Iron Camelot Hood, um, plus the new Fell, the not the new, but the the expanded Fellwinter card explains him as manipulating void energy. Uh, so yeah, he's kind of confirmed. He's also dead. So Albios and Fellwinter are both deceased. Uh, then we get to Osiris. Uh, same argument for Osiris as we have for Ikora. Uh, Osiris was the Vanguard commander. So not only was he the mentor, he was actually a commander of the Vanguard. Similar, similar logic there. I mean, if he's going to be training people on how to do stuff, he's going to need to know what he's doing. Not to mention, he's also, there's also implied mentions of him mastering multiple subclasses. So, um, yeah. I got a question for you real quick on that one. Yeah. What's up? Speaking of like, just, the hierarchy of the tower. Yes. Commander Zavala, Commander Osiris, essentially. Yes. I mean, I mean are, is that just a kind of a throwback to the Battle of Six Fronts and just the war originally? Because we don't, I mean, yes, we interact with people who were there during that time, but there are no, there are no fronts. There's no, there's no battle. There's no groupings of people besides our own like little fire teams that we go in and with six and destroy raids and stuff like that. Right. There's no commander for us. 
Per se. They're, per se. So here, well, okay. So to go, this is a bit of a bit of a tangent, but in order to explain this, you have to understand the political structure of the last city, right? So your political structure is kind of a hodgepodge of a different, a lot of different political structures, but ultimately who controls the city's processes, the consensus, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And in the consensus, you have the three factions, you have dead orbit, new monarchy and future war cult. You have the Vanguard and then you have the speaker, all of which have equal footing in the consensus. Kind of the speaker kind of has a little bit more like he can kind of technically or or she can kind of technically decide what they want to do. But they have to, for the most part, they do have to go along with what the consensus goes for, right? I mean, look at Mare Imbrium, look at, you know, Burning Lakes, look at the Six Fronts. Any of these decisions was a consensus decision. Um, the, the removal of a great faction and the replacement of that with a new faction, consensus decision. Political decisions were all done by that. What you also find out is that the Vanguard within itself So you have a mentor for each of the classes, which, again, we all know this. This makes perfect sense. But what happens is there is a particular individual within the Vanguard group, the Vanguard trio, who has a direct line of communication and communicates on a regular basis with the speaker. So Zavala, we have excerpts from communiques from Zavala to the speaker in which he is giving reports of conversations between himself and Ikora concerning the information that the hidden give. Um, do uh, we, we also have, you know, recaps of meetings between the three of them. Zavala also seems to kind of lead the Vanguard when they are in consensus meetings. He is kind of the voice of them. Uh, from what we've seen, that's kind of the rep, the the idea. You know, each faction has a representative in the tower. Um, each, so the vanguard would also have a faction. Uh, yeah, Sky and Chat, great factions. Uh, that is because we know that there are more than just three factions. Uh, there are multiple. There are multiple multiple frac- factions within the city three of which have been elevated into a status of the great faction. And we learned recently that that was actually a large task by Andal Brask, who was the mentor prior to Cade. Uh, and that took place, I think it was roughly 126 years ago, um, which, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. So yeah, that brings up a big apology. That does not correlate with the length of the city's existence. Uh, I I jumped the gun on kind of reading that in. Um, that is not true. We actually have quotes from the speaker speaking about or talking about how they have watched over the city for centuries. Uh, so no, the city is older than that. Um, but yes, great factions are literally just the three factions that are a part of the consensus. Uh, the Concordat used to be a great faction, and then as they deserved it, they sh- they got kicked in the pants and removed because they're lying bleepity bleeps. Anyways, so that's... You don't um, know that all of them are that way, just like Sander. Oh, uh, yeah. We that could pretty, be propaganda, we, we, we too. We have a pretty good idea of the Concordat being pretty militant about their thought processes yeah yeah but this is all propaganda from the right-wing tower apologists 
So you don't know. Okay, sure. Let's go with that. Anyways, um, <laughs> to go back to the Vanguard Commander, the Vanguard Commander is, yes, it's a throwback a bit to the, the war against the Fallen, because ultimately, when you're in battle, having having an agreement between all parties is all great good, but if you're in a war, you can't always wait for everyone to agree to a decision. Uh, this is right. why... I mean, this is you looking looking at the Constitution mm-hmm. of the United States. That's why in wartime you have a commander in chief. Like the commander in chief yeah. takes complete power in wartime because the transition of power needs to be there for responses to actually um, to yeah. actually operate and to survive. So, at all. Yeah. And so the Vanguard commander, that was kind of the implication there that I get is it's like, yeah, normally we uh, normally we are going to agree or we're going to wait until everyone's in agreement. But during war, we need a commander who's actually leading all the stuff. And that also ties back into Osiris proving kind of being proven as a very competent leader during six fronts. Uh, I think that's kind of where that kind of gets put because Saint Fourteen saw that and mentioned it to the speaker and pushed for Osiris to be put in that commander position. So, does that answer the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, uh, ideas from chat. We kind of talked a little bit about. Obviously, we talked about the vampiric nature and the light. Um, I do have, and we talked about the figures um, and like how each person are defenses for those particular names and all that. I did want to chat real quick about some of the inspirations for the Void Walkers. If you guys will let me go on a rant for a bit again. Do it. Okay. So <clears throat> the inspiration for Void Walkers, uh, we actually have quite a few notes um, from from Bungie about this Uh, void walkers were actually designed with the idea of being a glass cannon. Uh, This is a term that most people who game will probably recognize, but in case you don't, a glass cannon is basically a class that, that excels in offense, but completely sucks at defense. Uh, Hence the glass cannon. They, they're a very strong offense, but almost no defense. And so that was the inspiration for the Voidwalker. Uh, the, ins- the inspiration for the aesthetics of the Voidwalker was, well, and so the, in addition to the glass cannon, the inspiration was also that of the space wizard archetype, you know, such as the Jedi Knights from Star Wars, Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings, and actually even Morpheus from the Matrix. Uh, and that's, that's actually from the GDC talk in 2013. Um, the aesthetics, as far as that goes, I'll get into that in just a second. Uh, we do have actually in the same vein that we had those cards that we talked about from the gunslinger gunslingers last week, I found some for the void walkers. And so I'm going to start this off with a quote from my core array and it says, what does it mean to be a warlock power? Only warlocks understand true power because knowledge is power. Mm. Um, the, the bungee community showing. So again, this is a German, this was a German or an event that took place in Germany. Uh, and they actually handed out some early iterations of the grimoire cards for the classes and the subclasses. Um, and so now these have changed quite a bit in the time. This was back in August of 2013 where, you know, 
couple years past that. Uh, and so they're not quite the same, but it, it's an interesting look at what kind of was the inspiration for the creation of the Warlock class and the Voidwalkers in a way. So the first one says, they look to the intricate powers that live far beyond the Traveler's Veil, seeking ways to unlock more of its secrets. And then it also goes on to say that Warlocks were the first to tap the power of the Traveler, wielding its light as they ventured beyond the safety of the Shield. They know each discovery offers new possibilities and may hold the key to our survival. A couple interesting there, things there is, first off, um, they look to the intricate powers that live far beyond the Traveler's Veil. And there's a reference to something called the Shield, uh, which kind of goes back to the very common question of why does the last city, why is it protected? Uh, there was a there was a thought process that the traveler still has a bit of light, and it was actually using that light to kind of shield, but it couldn't shield everything, so it was only shielding around the city. Um, and I think that's kind of the thought process that was tapped into it. We don't see a lot of that in game currently. I don't even know if it's been mentioned in game, um, but I know that that was one of the the concepts that they had for it. Um, but that's that's what I believe when they say the tra- the safety of the shield and the traveler's veil. I think that's what they're talking about there. Um, before I get into the outfits, do you guys have anything else you want to mention on the inspiration there? The inspiration for, for the, the Voidwalker for the Voidwalker specific. Okay, it's like I've got inspiration for Stormcaller. Okay, well. If- but that's but that's that's calm, a different episode. Calm down, Palpatine. I was not even going on the Palpatine rant. I'm just going to There's just lawnmowers. I feel like I'm just getting mowed over every time. <laughs> They're just a lawnmower. A really good, efficient lawnmower that cannot <laughs> really be stopped. Efficient lawnmower. Well what about Voidwalkers? I mean Lightning. obviously Void- we beat the vampire thing to death. Voidwalkers, no. I've always um, Voidwalkers. I mean, the glass cannon type thing is an easy way to put it. They're a little bit stronger than a glass cannon anymore. It seems. Yeah, uh, yeah they're not. They're not a true. So, they're not a true. No, glass not anymore. They were for a while there, where you're able to snipe them out of the the animation. I haven't been able to do that in a long time. Either I have gotten really bad at this game. Or they've gotten stronger, and I'm gonna <laughs> choose to believe they've gotten stronger. But it's a very reasonable, as, pragmatic way to look at that. Thing. I'm proud of you. I choose to believe it. No. I choose to believe it. Justin will defend that but choice. I reject yes. your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> Isn't that how it works anymore? Yeah, that's how I that's how I operate. That's how he's always operated. <laughs> I mean, they're just they're they're just the they're the missiles. They're the the people that are just the human kamikazes in some respects because they have to be fairly close to be able to aim and hit you. I mean, you can technically launch it above you and go across map in some very wicked YouTube videos for people doing that on Widow's Court. Just throwing the Nova bomb in oh, the yeah, air the and Nova, somehow yeah. knocking out the entire team, and it's like I don't know how you did that. The hail Marys. aiming is not a thing. Oh my gosh, aiming is not a thing. <laughs> but 
just like everything else with warlocks anymore. Melees, aiming's not a thing. Again, I'm salty. I've been killed by a lot of warlocks. <laughs> if you can't tell, there's a little, there's a little bitterness, stuff. just a little. Oh, yeah. This is my my cranky pants episode. <laughs> I don't mind sun singers, but this is me being cranky about void walkers. <laughs> and just wait till Stormcaller. Stormcaller so, so is going to we'll, be we'll a have whole. To wait. Justin, make a note. We have to wait until uh, Green is sick and can't make the episode to do Stormcallers. <laughs> yeah. I'll just... My summary is going to be interesting for Stormcaller. I will tell you, Green. Yeah. I will, I will help you. The song you can sing to make you feel better about the Stormcallers. Okay. No. I still, I still need, Not on the episode. I'll teach you later. Need, I still need a song like you promised me a long time ago. It's been like almost a year that you were going to make a song for one of the episodes, like almost exactly a year ago. Mm -hmm. Right as I started to get super involved with this, you said at the end of the episode that you would write a song for it. And I think it was like the Lord of the Rings or something like you're going to write a a song for that. Oh, I was going to learn how to play like the theme on the on the guitar. Mm hmm. I, I, I say a lot of stuff. <laughs> In case you haven't usually followed that by usually followed by a lot of things. Turns out, turns out Howard Shore is a genius, and I'm not. <laughs> oh, I still love you anyway. Aww, <laughs> didn't know this was gonna get emotional. <laughs> love you too, Green. So before this I've gets been completely emotional derailed, the whole night so. <laughs> Before no, no, no. I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick to go off since Mel's not here, I'm not going to I'm not going to subject everybody to the really cool audio for Mel's costume. Yeah, but- just they wear dresses. <laughs> They don't not wear. Okay, quite. I'll defend that one. They not do not quite. wear dresses. They're they're trench coats. Mm. They're they're trench coats. They. They They're have very the really cool neo-style trench coats. They are very I, smart looking They're dresses. not a cassock. They're not a cassock. Uh, they kind of look like a cat. So, okay, this is... Okay, the outfits for the Warlocks were actually inspired by World War One trench soldiers. And this is from the GDC talk in 2013. Um, and then later in 2014, uh, Polygon did an article from that GDC talk, and they actually pointed out that the Warlock class, which is the Warrior Scholars, wear cloaks and robes with hardware tucked underneath. Inspiration for their outfits were drawn from a wide range of sources, from wizards to World War War I soldiers. So if you if you look at a World War I trench soldier, what that is, that's where we get the trench coats kind of from, is trench coats were actually designed to repel the, the gas that was used during trench warfare, which was a very common thing. And it was very, very nasty. You need a strong stomach. If you go and look up this, this type of warfare. Um, but that's where the trench coats kind of started getting really, as far as military use really strong. And if you look at the world war one trench coat for a soldier who was in the trenches, it is very, very similar to the Warlock's usual garb, their cloak. Um, the other interesting thing for the Warlock's is in the same way that the ratio of fabric to armor was 50-50 for a hunter, for a Warlock, fabric to armor ratio is 80 to 20. 
So they have more fab, they have significantly more fabric than they do armor. Uh, and the, the nod here being that they are much more, um, they are not close. Well, they're not, um, combat oriented as much as a hunter or even a Titan who has the exact opposite. A Titan has a 20 to 80, uh, fabric to armor ratio, excuse me, for fabric to armor ratio. So they are the scholars. They don't need to have the plate mail. They'll just think their way <laughs> out of the situation like Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Warlock's Benedict Cumberbatch of the Destiny Universe confirmed. See, how can you be I salty about that? I actually, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give him that much. The, <laughs> the knowledge base thing and the personalities. They have a really cool set of personalities. Plus, Ikora Ray is amazing. She's my favorite when it comes to voice actresses besides Morla. Morla is like my all-time favorite, and I'm kind of super sad that Morla may not have so much a role next next game, next iteration. But Ikora, hey, as long as gotta, someone's got to find us all the raisins. Someone's got to find us the way out of this. And, and the peanut butter. She's going to be the one who, yeah, that too. Celery. I want to know what the celery's for. No, that's what year three. We're getting peanut butter. I hope so. We're gonna get ants on a log. I want. A- <laughs> I know. I want ants on a log. That would be amazing. I, would, I will. I Guardians will be eating. So, I will be so happy if that's actually what happens. Oh, year four oh, juice no. box. Juice box. Year four juice box. And it's not Vex juice box. <laughs> it's a little. It's a juicy it's juice, a, at least. It's a juicy it's a good juice. Stuff. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. <laughs> Nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. And we'll have a powwow. <laughs> All right. You guys want to run through the dispatches real quick? We actually have a couple. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dispatches from the wilds. All right, so we actually got two dispatches. Uh, one of one of them was an email, and the other one I just pulled in from our Discord chat because it was amazing. Uh, both of them. So we we've kind of started getting uh, themed, I guess themed pros. I guess you would call this. Um, and I'm, I'm loving it. I absolutely love it. It's really fun to read these. So the first one is from Bjorn and Mecha Drusilla. Again, good job on the last week. So here they go again. They say, hey, F, uh, hey Focus Fire crew. F- Bjorn here with the help of my good friend and clanmate Mecha Drusilla. We, drew, we wrote another thing. Hope you all enjoy it. We had a blast with it. And this one is called Ad- Ambition of the Void. Walk with purpose with understanding. Dare to study the void, walk it, pass through it in a blink, and at your pleasure, shatter it. Pursuit of such arcane wisdom will lead the weak to madness. Walk into darkness with courage, find the strength to pass through to light. Let others whisper of hungers and angry magic. Embrace the void. It is a garden and one of your own design. Render your foes unto axion and dust, for power is only limited by ambition and creativity. Let yours bloom. I love that. That's if it's possible. That's better than the last one. Mm-hmm. That's and, very yeah. hard. I, I really <laughs> that's like very that. hard. 
Um, and I, as a, again, I, uh, I'll put the, uh, image that we created from that one into the discord chat for everyone to enjoy. Um, I might throw, I might throw it up on the Instagram account too, cause that's, I threw the other one up there and I think people kind of appreciated that. So, uh, and then we got, we actually got another one from infested potato over in the discord chat. Um, I have not made an image on this one just yet, but I will as soon as I get a free moment and I will put this up as, as well. Uh, so this one goes, listen, what do you hear? Nothing, nothing, but your cold footsteps as you walk in the nothingness between stars, your mind is a living weapon. You walk where others fear to tread. You ponder on what others fear to consider. You stare back unblinking into the screaming abyss. Fellow guardians turn from you, disgusted by your use of the light. Some see it as a perversion, as vampiric, but you understand it, its power. And while others turn from its empty gaze and fear, with views too narrow and minds full of superstition and myth, you will unlock its secrets and our enemies will burn in the void fire that follows in your footsteps. For as you know, warlocks love nothing more than a good secret, and nothing is more deadly than weaponized knowledge. That the okay, the image of staring into the void and blinking is slightly terrifying to me. I could see that as a really good horror like photo poster for a movie. Yeah, I, I, I love both image. of these. I'm like, I'm a huge fan of this trend. I really like this. So, Bjorn, yeah, you guys need to keep coming. The, you need to keep these coming because this is this makes me so happy. I love seeing these things. Um, mm-hmm. I God, man, I just I love it. I love it. Amazing job, guys. And like I said, I will I'll throw these into the Discord chat. Uh, potato, I'll get yours put into a wallpaper. Uh, Dorn already have yours ready to go. So as soon as we get this episode posted, it will, it will be available in the chat server. And, um, yeah, that is, oh, they're working on their, okay. Dorn says in chat, they're working on Sunsinger right now. Cause they didn't, that was before they started this. So they're going, they're going to go back and do a Sunsinger one. Sweet. I, you know what I'm excited for? I'm excited for next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Bjorn, Bjorn did say week? that they they might they're trying to work uh, on one yeah. for next week. Um, and now we'll yeah, that one's going to be an interesting one. But final comments, shout outs. What do you guys green? What do you got for us? Don green. Oh, shout outs, shout outs, shout outs to Mel. Hoping she starts to feel better. I really hope so. Drink your juice. You know, we'll get that juice box. Maybe we'll get some ants on a log, but get to feeling better, Mel, because it's not the same without you. And the Discord chat, guys. I know it's been kind of interesting trying to get the book chat going for this month. It's good. It's getting there. I got the book. We got things going. We'll get it rolling. I know somebody mentioned to me last week, and this is something I wanted to bring up with you, Blue. Somebody mentioned about whether or not we're going to do. Uh, a show over one of the book topics. We, so that's that's an idea to throw around. Yeah, that's an idea to throw around. If you like that idea, guys, just kind of hit me up in chat because even if we don't do it necessarily with FFC, and I might throw something together kind of on my own. To we can definitely it. post it on 
the the RSS feed for Focus Fire. And yeah. pester Blue. And yeah, just pester me. That's usually going to go over well. He responds well to pestering. <laughs> so, you have a job, guys. Go do it. Pester Blue. I guess I guess it's fair that you give them to pester me because I I keep sending people to send snake gifts to you. Yeah, yeah. On Twitter. It's daily now. It's daily. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm pretty sure okay. every time I'm on a different podcast, I'm like, "Hey, I know you guys don't really know me, and you probably have no idea why I'm asking you to do this, but <laughs> go find that Justin. So much. <laughs> go find Justin and send him snake gifts. He loves them." <laughs> I have not done, I've not sent anybody to your Twitter in a long time. So if they're doing it from me, it's from old episodes. Oh my God. No, it's probably totally, okay. I'll totally take blame for that. And also for the snakes. And the snakes. I blame the snakes for existing. <laughs> um, That's a shout out. That's it. Justin's done. Justin yeah. aspires to be St. Patrick. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> A little bit more with murderous. the drinking, <laughs> with the drinking and the snake eradication. <laughs> I just want to look over them and say, "This is your god now. It is never ticklish." <laughs> and just hit him with the snake club. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, okay, so is it my turn now? Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> you have the you have, you have the snake. Uh, no, I don't. No, I I would literally rather be piggy and have the conch, um, or the conch. Sorry, wasn't is the it conch? Is that how it's? It's yeah, that's how I'm supposed to say it, conch. Um, so, um, big shout out to uh, St. Patrick, <laughs> um, and also big shout out to. My clan, DOD Shadow White crew, trying to force me through Vault of Glass this week a couple of times. And uh, I know I'm forgetting something. Uh, oh, yeah. Big big shout out to um, to Bjorn and Mechadruzilla and Infested Potato and all the people sending in the dispatches. They're freaking awesome. So just keep them coming. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming. And, and that's then- it. Okay. Perfect. Uh, my shout outs, obviously, feel better, Mel. Be sure to go give her some some well wishes over on Twitter. Uh, and then um, for next week, the email topic is going to be the lore update, which is the story of Yore. Uh, so we're going to be wrapping up the story of Yore with the new information that got dropped. We'll probably be doing kind of a summary. I, I kind of have laid out the the conversation thread that I, I'm thinking we're probably going to go down. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking we're going to try to, we're going to try to do the whole story. We're going to try to get through the whole thing now that we kind of have a complete picture of all the pieces. Um, I think that's the best thing to do. And I, I, I'm thinking it's going to be a good one. I think it will be, I'm really looking forward to it. And so I really want to hear people's thoughts on that. I know the chat has a few thoughts, uh, a couple people, have have very opinionated approaches to this and what um what what um but send them in if you if you're not in the discord or you don't have a, a free moment in the discord or if it's you know too intimidating whatever just shoot us an email uh will the outro will have the email address and all that 
but or just shoot me a private message over on discord those are equally equally as acceptable i don't it doesn't have to be an email uh just you know give me give me a shout and say hey i wanted to send this in for you guys to talk about um but yeah so let's run through the outro and then we'll stick around for a bit of an after show and yeah you guys you guys got anything else are we good to go engage With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. Be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. 